This is the Unfocused Writer with Christopher Robin and Christy Walter, the podcast for unfocused writers by unfocused writers. In each weekly episode, we chat about the many fascinating creative aspects of being a writer, as well as the many things that also distract us. Yeah, we're unfocused. What about it? Anyway, grab your coffee. It's time for the show. Well, good morning. Well, good morning to you. You're in a different area. I'm I'm on the couch. You're not in a cold shed. The cold shed of shame. I, I kind of, I've been watching your delightful background, like it's well lit, and it, you know, it doesn't look like a basement or a garage or a shed. <laughs> and I was jealous, so I'm trying something new. Well, I usually have to hide the piles of clothes, but, you know, sometimes I don't do a very good job. <laughs> and here's the other factor. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. I, I moved my mic and everything up. Oh, fuck. You sound great. Don't mess with it. See, now we're messing with our mics again on this show. Yay! Yay! Was, it was too high. It was in front of my face. Want to make sure you can see me. Um, but no, so what's that? You're such an asshole. Uh, my coffee's the whole way under there. All right, hold on. I'm getting used to the new setup. What the fuck are you doing? Wait. I don't know where I put my refresher coffee. Oh, it's under me. Okay. Okay. I feel like a so, hobo this morning. <laughs> it's I, I kind of feel here. like a bum. <laughs> Why is it is it cold in California? What the fuck? No, it's just cold in this house. So very cold. <laughs> mm. Anyway, in every way. <laughs> um, no. So, do you remember me complaining to you about getting puzzle back? Like from yes. being hunched over the the table doing puzzles. Yeah, the hunchback of puzzles. This, yes. Yes. Well, we got this new, uh, like coffee table. Oh, and one it's of those got this things big that, shelf. Yeah, and it rises up. It comes up in front and opens up into this big, t- and it's super nice. So now, like the whole side of it comes like right up to you at the couch level. So this is like my little desk. That is very and cool. It, it's really nice, actually. The kids were sitting here this morning um, painting. So it was sitting there up, and I was going to put it all away. And I said, eh, you know what? No, let's just use it. What a great purchase. It was super. It's like we productive in many ways. It is very productive. And now we can do puzzles without getting achy puzzle back. <laughs> what a lovely husband-wife activity. Yeah, it's this. This started like last fall, uh, last summer, fall. We were out at my sister's visiting, and there was a puzzle there. My parents have been doing puzzles for a long time, and there was this puzzle there, and she couldn't stay away from it. Really? So me one more? Yes. She like she'd get up in the morning and walk directly to the table with the puzzle and start. It's probably on it. therapeutic. She looked at me and she said, it, "It's kind of meditative because you don't have to really think of anything. You can just kind of." tune everything out she looks at me and she goes we're puzzle people now i just want you to know <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> okay <laughs> sounds good that's cute 
What else is going on? So, but it Where's took us till Christmas to... time to start doing it. Where's the family today? So, so my kids went to my folks for guitar lessons. And my mom's foot is still healing, so she's, you know, she's still less mobile. She's moving around on the walker and stuff, but she's she's putting weight on it now. Things are looking up. So they went for guitar lessons, and Bree went to Ikea, Ooh. which is her, like, home away from home. And yeah. she wanted to stop at the outlets or something to get some stuff for Briarly's birthday on the way home, too. So. Ooh, fun. Yeah, it's and I'm supposed to be here working on, you know, renovation. <laughs> But here we are again. Here we are playing. You know what? That this is it's part of my time. As far as I'm concerned, like, you know, I know she was uh getting everybody away just so I could have some time to myself. And it is really, really nice. Really no matter what I'm doing. Yeah. Doesn't matter if I'm doing this or working on my house or painting, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just really nice. So so I got your message. You wanted me to interview you for once. Well, and okay, that's because... not cool. You're not supposed to intro it like that. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I'm feeling guilty because you ask me good questions and I answer them and take the ball and run with it. And I never ask you any good questions. Well, and I'm feeling guilty because I always hog the show and you always say, Oh, I need to interview you, but you never you do. So I'm I think I hog the show. No, you never do do the interviewing. So I'm trying to give you ideas. Are you spoon feeding me because I'm stupid? Kind of. <laughs> kind of but i do we feel like... an on-air fight no but oh. okay here's here's the thing i feel like when we have guests you're better with yeah. the guests okay just because i'm not as much of a people person as you are mm -hmm. but when it's you and me i feel like i tend to ask you questions more because you then do. you do most, then I get you to do most of the talking. <laughs> why don't you talk? That's I'm a question. Shy. Like, why don't you just talk? You're not, are you shy for real? I'm shy in situations <laughs> where, where I'm not sure of. With people I know, I'm not shy. Okay. Well, you can edit this part out if you want, but there's, there's there are a few legitimate reasons I haven't asked you some questions is because um I don't want to walk you into talking about your job or talking about your sobriety or something you're not really ready to talk about right you know or talking about your um your living arrangements and all that stuff like I'm not comfortable asking you those questions because I don't want to put you in a weird position. Well, if we get to those positions, then I will tell you, and we won't put them in the show. Jackass. Okay. <laughs> be, be nice. It's Sunday. I You're was right. listening. To I some... have been trying to be nice ever since Jenny Lane said that comment. Made that comment. Oh, I don't. I don't. I'm not worried about her. Yeah. Jenny, sorry, but. When when Christy and I are giving each other shit, that's when we're in our zone. We are in our zone. That's right. 
I shouldn't it's overthink right, you don't it. Like it. I do overthink that now. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So now, now when I'm, I like you, like cuss at you. <laughs> I do. I, I then all of a sudden I hear Jenny in the back of my mind and I feel guilty. Oh no! I always consider it like when you're like, "Hey, fuck face." I'm like, I know. Oh, that's a term. That's it's a term, like term of, endearment. of endearment. It is. I know. I appreciate that. I'm sorry, Jen. Elaine, if you don't like it. <laughs> she got in my head about it. You let you let people get in your head sometimes. I think I do. That's part of my problem. That's that's something that I should work out in therapy. Um. Did you get that video I sent you this morning? Yeah, but I didn't watch it. It's something about um, food. Food. <laughs> Should I play Did it? Did I send you the wrong one? Now I have to look. I don't think. It started out with a carb thing. Are you kidding me? In a weightlifter guy. Carbs. Was this? Was this? No. Where's Did you just phone? like watch the ad? Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe it was. You the just ad. watched the ad. <laughs> and you were like, what's he sending me this for? It's just well, an I ad. didn't have time. I was like, I wanted to hurry. So I just quickly pressed the button. I was like, oh, get I'll abs. I was like, oh, I'll watch this later. <laughs> Not for crying out. It was this. It was the seven impacts of trauma. Oh, I was, I was sending like, you like legitimate like, he, information. I was like, why is he sending me diet tips? <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. I would never, I would never presume. I, I, I wouldn't, didn't think you would. I was like, that's really odd that he would send me diet tips. That's a little presumptuous, but I'll look at it later. That's so bizarre. <laughs> All right, Chris. Good job. <laughs> no, that was I didn't even think bad. about the ads. <laughs> but I, I thought <laughs> that's interesting. I was in bed. I had just woken up. Give me a break. <laughs> well, you know what? And I know here today the time changed, and it it's just it's fucked everything up around here because to me it's only it's only noon here but it's you know one o'clock now oh my god you're the time changed confused. jesus christ what yeah what time would it be normally uh 12 15 but now it's 1 15 what time would it be for me uh it's probably it's 10 15 for you right yeah it so would 10... have been 11.15. Or oh, it is I 11. slept late. It's 10.15 old time. It's 11.15 new time, right? No, no, no. No, my clock, my computers Ugh. would have changed. It's 10.15 for you right now, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the time changed last night. So It moved up an hour. So, so it's really yesterday... only like 9.15 for you. Oh, I got up early. What the fuck? Yeah. You texted me. I was like, what the fuck is she doing? I didn't expect you out of bed till like three o'clock my what? time. What? What?
what the fuck? Why did I drag my ass out of bed? Oh, let's do a podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. And I'm a little spitfire this morning. Yeah. Did you sleep? I went to bed early. Yeah. That's good. But that doesn't mean you slept. I mean, I watched like five episodes of Grey's Anatomy last night. That'll do it to you. What? Crash? Yeah. Make you crash. Yeah. And you know I, had, I, I had tofu, um, skinny pop popcorn, and three bags of mini muffins. Um, the kind that, you know, you give your kids for lunch, um, for dinner last night. <laughs> Healthy foods. Yes. Well, the skinny pop. Of course, I had like three bags of those too. We had pizza. Mm-hmm. The kids like pizza. I think counting up my, you know, what I had, I probably should have just had pizza. <laughs> Pro- yeah, probably been healthier. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to add more coffee to my. Uh... Your coffee. Well, I want to do. I want to do it before my French press gets too cold. You know what I'm saying? Because then I after, then I'm sitting here for an hour and I'm like, oh, I need more coffee, and my French press is ice cold. I'm bagging what you're mowing. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that term. Is that like ride? Want to ride bikes? I'm bagging yeah. what you're mowing. I get it. It's not like that at all. Where do you get all these Pennsylvania terms? They're so weird. I don't know if those are Pennsylvania terms. I don't know. They sound regional to me. Maybe they are. I don't know. I'm bagging what you're mowing. I'm I'm bagging what you're mowing. That's my Rocky. That's my Rocky. um, I'm I'm, I'm bagging what you're mowing, Adrian. Adrian! Oh, he, is, he is from <laughs> Pennsylvania. Rocky was. I know that's what I'm saying. I've oh. watched Rocky. Adrian. Adrian. Those are such well, some of them were good movies. <laughs> you just ruined them for me though. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, folks out there in podcast land. <laughs> What even is this? <laughs> don't know. I don't care. It's playtime. <laughs> I was I was trying to say something and you you blew it up with your Adrian you talk. You said I'm bagging what you're mowing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I find it like I've collected things like that over the years from people and I think I think everyone does that. You I think you pick up the way you laugh. Is kind of an is it amalgamation of? I always mess that word up. Amalgamation. 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 You're okay. So we we pulled the mean brakes off. Jenny Lane's gonna be upset with your behavior. Okay, fuckface. What is happening? Did you remember your meds this morning? I woke up too early. (laughs) 
it's, it's we're I'm doing punching. we're doing this. All right, I'm bringing this. What are you here. doing? Christ. Are you trying to lie down? Oh my god, I just heard myself. Hold on. Uh folks, he's fucking with his microphone. We did not there, it's all better. escape it today. It's better now. Nope, I fixed he's it. He's trying to oh, okay. relax and and lean back. I, I know, back. I want to sit back. He wants to lean back into his little sit sofa. Back. This is all right. Are you comfortable now, Christopher Robin? This is super. I, we should do it like this all the time. Here's the problem, though. That's what she said. I can't talk and I can't think right unless I'm sitting up. Ugh. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm just going to, you know what? I'm just going to let you go. You can just no, rest for a You were trying minutes. to make a point, and you keep getting lost. No, you keep fucking me up. All right, you're bagging what I'm mowing. Go. I, I don't know where I got that. There was a guy I worked with who used to say that. That's all. And I thought it was funny. We were talking now about laughs and an amalgamation of laughter. Yeah. But you yeah. think all you like, laughter comes from other people yeah. and it you, you I think some of it is, yeah. Like I can I can think of a few people I I their laughs were so good that once in a while I would pick up and I would laugh like them. I don't know anybody who laughs like me. No, you have an original laugh. I'll give you that. <laughs> But I think I think uh, it's probably a combination of, you know, different kinds of laughter. Is my laugh obnoxious? Like, does it make you cringe? No, no, yours doesn't. Like, you know how you hear somebody with an it's obnoxious laugh? It's funny, too, because there's a difference you... between when you're laughing. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of one now. I can't think of any. It, there's a difference between when I'm laughing and when I'm giggling. Is that what you were yeah. going to say? Yeah. Yeah. Because I know when you're like, what's that? It's um, your giddy laugh mm-hmm. is totally and, different than your regular laugh. And then I have a guffaw yeah. laugh. Yeah. I, and then I, I don't know if I've made you snort on the air yet. You, I, I you did, just you, did. You just did like two minutes ago. Oh, I figured you would edit it out. No, I wouldn't edit that out. I love my snort laugh. Pretty good. Yeah, I'm proud of my snort. Yeah, I think it's, fu- it's I think it's snort. fucking funny. <laughs> it is. Can't get comfortable. God damn it! I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like an old lady. You, you know what? You totally are like a, a little old lady. I'm kind of a nester. Like, if, I wish you could see this because I have like. Uh, I got pillows all around me and my blankets and stuff. I'm actually right really here. jealous because I'm a ne- I'm a nester too. <laughs> I wish I was down on the sofa right now with my blankets yeah. and my pillows. <laughs> like I have my arms resting on pillows right now. It's super great. See that that I am so jealous. I almost want to move over to the bed right now. That would be great, except for it would take 15 minutes, and all we would do is moan and groan the whole time. Yes, exactly, and make lots of noise, yeah. and it would be. You know, it would be a nightmare. Ooh. Was that British? I don't know. It's something. 
Anyway, anyhow. Okay. What is that? It's a is sun. Is it that dude soap? No, oh. it's just the sunflower soap, I guess. It smells weird. You actually use it as soap? Yeah. I don't know what a sunflower smells like. I keep it on my vanity, though. Hmm. I have lots of weird shit on my vanity. A lot of old colognes that I should probably get rid of. Colognes? Like for dudes? No, ladies have colognes too, asshole. Do they? Yeah. They're like the spray ver Like, when you see the spray version of the yeah. scent, that's actually a cologne. Perfumes are... Oh, that's are, a cologne? In a bottle without a spray, but I we just call that. our but we just call our colognes perfume. There is a, oh. there are technical names for it. Wow! Yeah, did you learn something oh. new about women? The things you know. The things you know. I'm gonna get. Wow. I'm gonna no, get that. No yeah, my. Or the more you know. That's what I was thinking from the. Oh yeah, that that's what I was yeah, thinking that star too. Across the screen, yeah. No, but um, my wife has never worn any of that crap, so really? I don't know anything about. Yeah, she like I bought her one a couple of years ago for Christmas. It's still in the fucking box. Wow. Swinging a miss on that one. Does she wear makeup? <laughs> yeah, not every day, but you know when we go out and stuff. But yeah, no perfume or whatever, ever. Wow. Cool. Yeah, I can but I had that. a friend I was in the army with that used to. I guess he used to work in a, a fume factory. He said Ooh. it was otherworldly. I bet. I'll bet. I can imagine the people with allergies in there. I don't know how it works. Yeah, you must have to desensitize yourself or something. That'd be an interesting job. Yeah. What? Uh, what was your most interesting job? <laughs> oh God. Um, there are a couple. Um one interesting job is probably my most ridiculous experience. And then the other is my most horrifying experience. Um yeah, I've had I've had a couple of doozies. Um I think my most like the one that I call my r ridiculous only because I don't have a better term for it. Um I might I think I've written about it, but I don't remember. But it um it took place when I was going into my sophomore year of college. And okay. <clears throat> I need to take a, a sip of coffee cuz I'm losing my voice. Hold on. And uh, I was, it was the summer before going into sophomore year and I was um, staying with my boyfriend at his parents' house. And I was staying in the basement next to the dog on the pullout sofa. <laughs> and Oh, I uh, think you did write about this. Sorry, yeah. not to interrupt, but I think I remember reading some of this. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And, um, one of the rules of my staying there that summer was that I get a job. I had to work. And, um, also I had to learn to drive again because I had gotten into a bad car accident 
in high school right. and wasn't driving. Um, so <clears throat> I applied everywhere and my previous jobs had always been working in pharmacies and I could not get a job. I could not find a job doing that. So I finally ended up getting a job at a nursing home, but the interview, the, in, it, the fun started right off at the interview. So it was not a job as an aide or anything like that. It was a job working down in the kitchen, which is fine. Um, so I had to go down in the basement, which is where the kitchen was for this nursing home. And um, I walked down the hall all the way to the end of the hall. And as I walk down the hall, it gets darker and darker. There are like no windows in this place. And I walk in and there's this big, beautiful African-American woman with colorful clothes, very um, elegant, um, a, a beautiful, colorful scarf on, um, beautiful, this big red hair. And um, this big nameplate on her desk, Cleola Pitherit. And I walk in and she is this um, gentle Southern woman. And she has like the deepest Southern accent in the world. And she says, you can address me as Miss Cleola. And I said, okay, Miss Cleola. <laughs> um. And she looked at my resume and we talked for a bit and then she pulls out this scale and she said, because you can read and write um, and you're English, you're going to make this amount, which is more than the other ladies here, which mm -hmm. felt a little off to me but I was I needed the job and I said okay and she said you can start tomorrow but you need to get the nursing shoes and this and that so I had to get like the white nursing shoes and um you know they I think they gave me like the, the white like kitchen smock to wear so, and you were I like left. twenty at the time. I, I was, yeah, I think I was nineteen or twenty. Um, so she and she did not speak highly of the kitchen women. She did not like them. Anytime she brought up the kitchen women, she did so with disdain. I didn't understand why. I came from a very segregated. Um, part of New York. I was just starting to see the world because my boyfriend lived in downstate New York in the suburbs of New York City. Um, but I was very open-minded and I understood my privilege. Um, and I felt very conflicted taking this job, but I needed it. So when I came into work the next day, she introduced me to the kitchen ladies and they kind of, 
you know, looked me up and down. But these women were the loveliest women in the world. They were all Hispanic. Um, and they didn't speak English, but they called me their little one in Spanish. And they taught me everything I needed to know, which was how to butter toast. I was the toast butterer. Wow. I made toast. Yes. So I had my own little section of the kitchen. You had finally made it. Well, I burnt toast a lot. <laughs> I wasn't very good at it. But they were very gentle with me and tried to teach me. And, you know, they... They would invite me to their lunch table at lunchtime to eat lunch with them. And they were just very motherly and very kind. So I became very protective of them um, because Miss Cleola wasn't kind toward them. For whatever reason, I didn't understand. Um, but there was one other thing that I discovered was that I would help put the trays. I would, the last thing that was done was the toast. So I would help them put the food on the trays to go upstairs. And, um, there were these little shakes that the, um, that they would put on the trays and they were like strawberry, vanilla, chocolate. And one day I tasted one and it was divine. So the storage closet was right in front of where my toast station was. And one day on break, I went into the storage closet and I found those powdered shakes. And I started making myself like big, big glasses of shakes on my, you know, on my, sh when I would take a break. And I drank those all through the summer. And I gained a shit ton of weight that summer. <laughs> like I probably, I probably put on 15 pounds and um, come to find out those shakes were like 10,000 calories for oh a little, God. for a little cup. No wonder they were so fucking good. They were, they were, you know, the drinks they would feed the old people to put weight <laughs> To right. Put weight on them. Just to put calories in. Yeah. Yes. And I drank big cups of these throughout the summer. <laughs> the good thing you were young. Yes, I was young. But that was I mean, I guess it wasn't ridiculous, but I um the shake part was ridiculous, but I did leave there knowing a lot about, you know, working in a kitchen and um, the family uh, system that was in there and how lovely, you know, it was and um, and also how. how there could be um i don't want to say racism um within but maybe a class structure um right. underneath and and i still felt conflicted being you know a little white girl down there um but i learned a lot 
I definitely learned yeah. a lot. Um, so that was, but, and I did, you know, I had my job for the summer and, uh, that was that. Hey, did you, did you retain the ability to make toast properly? No, I never did learn how to make toast properly. <laughs> That's I do know how to put like a shit ton of butter though on toast. <laughs> that yeah. is my well, skill. I think that counts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I do I burn it sometimes. <laughs> I get yelled at all the time for putting like way too much. I put way too much condiments and so do know, I. whatever on toast. That's how, I just slather it. That's how I was brought up though. Like yeah. on English muffins, it has to be all in the nooks and crannies. Yes. You need and, to fill them. Yes. And also you have to have a layer of butter. And then if you're having like peanut butter on it, then you put the peanut butter on it. You can't have it dry. Yeah, it's true. Dry. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> That's <Gross>. what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You are feeling frisky today. I am feeling frisky. Yeah, but no, we were we were definitely a butter family and I'm still a butter person. Yeah. <laughs> butter. Margarine butter. Do you know that commercial? That, no, I don't think so. It's from the 70s, you wouldn't. <laughs> In the 80s, you were just yeah. a baby. I was. I was a baby. I'm barely babe. Generation X. I would have been your babysitter, I think. Wait. Uh, yeah, I had a babysitter that was, uh, no, just a few, it was weird because I remember I was like 12 or something. My sister was eight or nine and my parents would go out for the night and get a babysitter. Yeah. And I was offended. I was like, fuck that. I don't. Wait, what year were you born? 79. Yeah, I would have been your babysitter. Yeah. Yeah, I was a, I yeah. was like the neighborhood babysitter. Oh, Everyone yeah. wanted me. Yeah, because I was fun. I would I would play with them and Well, go it out. certainly wasn't because you could make toast. It wasn't because I could make toast, but I would raid the refrigerator. I would let them stay up late. I would go out and play like wiffle ball with them and kickball. And, um, no, I was a totally fun. And if it was girls, I'd go out and we'd like play fort, like intense. And yeah, no, I was a totally cool babysitter. And that's good. Like, and I was good with babies because I had a little baby sister. Mm. So yeah, I was. I was the babysitter to be had in town. I always had a babysitting job. Even when I got my pharmacy job when I was 16, which was fun. They don't do that anymore. Now they have pharmacy techs, but I used to yeah. be behind the car, the counter and I would, I would be the one counting pills. If you can believe that. That's terrifying. Isn't it? No, teenagers would be, we would be the ones. Yeah, I, don't, I don't mean that personally, just no. you. I mean, no, 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 anybody. I know. That's fucking we, scary. We would be doing the pharmacy tech jobs that they have today. We would be actually counting the pills and putting them in the pill bottles for the pharmacist. The pharmacist, wow. yeah, we would pull them off the shelf, help pull them off the shelves. 
you know, yeah. Did you have one of those little sticks? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it, we had like a little that little tray with a divot or whatever you would call it and a little stick and we count them off into it. Wow. Yeah. I loved my job in the pharmacy. It was so much better than being a cashier. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. All right, Christopher. So what about you with the job? Anything fun? Oh, I've I've been all over the place with jobs. I still don't know that I have what you would call a career. <laughs> maybe maybe I do, but I I mean the most ridiculous and interesting job had to be in the army band. That mm-hmm. was just this it was just so stupid. <laughs> when I think about it, I'm like, I cannot believe how stupid that whole thing was. Like, they <laughs> they tried to make us play soldier and band geek at the same time. It was just such a strange thing. Like, even the way the units are organized, or were, I don't know that they still are, but... People were put in leadership positions based on their military rank, but not their musical ability. (laughs) So you had some ass clown who couldn't really play his instrument or her instrument very well at all. Like in charge of you. It was just such a weird dynamic. And then once in a while, they'd take us out to the rifle range and we had to like pretend <laughs> that this was a thing we were going to do someday. Did you have your instruments sitting beside you? <laughs> no, it's like we had to turn that part off. We had to turn the band part off for the day and go to the rifle range and quote unquote qualify on our weapons. Oh I never God. really, it was just so strange. I told you already about having to go, like they wouldn't make us run in formation with the other units, but when the whole base did base runs or whatever, they'd make us take our instruments and <laughs> play Eye of the Tiger. While the other people ran? Yes. They were like, come and play like fight songs as the soldiers run by. And we're like, oh my God, this is the most embarrassing ever. Oh, and we'd be honking away my with God. Eye of the Tiger. Watch out, it's the band geeks. All I can picture is the um, Spongebob episode. <laughs> band geeks, do you know what I'm talking uh, about? No, I've not seen it. You have to look, you have to look it up. I'll look <laughs> it's it. It's amazing. <laughs> wow, okay, the image of you guys playing Eye of the Tiger, though, while the other soldiers are running by, is the most precious thing oh, yeah. I've ever like I, was... that image is amazing <laughs> <laughs> and I know what the rest of those guys were thinking they were like these motherfuckers got out of running <laughs> they could stand here and honk away at Eye of a Tiger so bad Wow. so that was an interesting job what other fight songs then, would you play oh, I'm tr- I was trying to think of it as I was telling that story I can't remember we had a, we had a bunch, but 
I just can't remember right now. I have to look them up. That's that's just the one that sticks out to me though. Yeah. It's like the worst. You know, we didn't have guitars, we had clarinets and trumpets. <laughs> wow. It was so bad. I don't want to talk about that anymore. It's, it's li- like I'm sweating thinking about it. It's embarrassing me. <laughs> so when you got out of the army, what was the first job you had? Like coming out from out being a band geek. To go- <laughs> Yeah, I went to work at my dad's music store. Oh. And I worked for free for like six months to buy into the business or something. And uh, so I worked with him for eight or nine years after that before uh, deciding to go to trade school um, for HVAC. And then and the jobs I've had since then have been terribly interesting, too. Jobs I didn't even know really existed, like building automation. Nobody fucking knows what that is. Right. I, I mean, my wife barely knows what I do. So it's a really interesting field, and it's, you know, technologically re- related, and nobody thinks about how big buildings or schools are all heated and cooled. Yeah, no. I'm like I'm like looking Nobody thinks and about it. Losing my I'm like looking into space right now. What um Yeah, cuz you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Right. Why did you leave your dad's store or is that too personal? No, it's because I had met my wife and we talked about, you know, getting married and starting a family. And I was looking at the money that I was making and I was looking at the market, you know, the just the business model and the the market for um, the arts, really. And it, it was all tied together, right? The money for the arts in schools was declining. It was less and less important all the time. And standardized testing was way more important. So um, the music programs were in decline. Uh, so, you know, and, and the market changed, too, in the mid-'90s. Uh, and all of a sudden it became possible for everyone to get inexpensive instruments from China and from other countries. Mm. So basically the U.S. manufacturers didn't own that market anymore. So um, instead of getting instruments fixed and whatnot, they would just buy inexpensive stuff. So just looking at that long term and I'm like I can't stay here forever I need to do something else with my life and I remember I was pretty distraught because I didn't want to leave the family business my dad built it in 1973 um he's still there this year he's going to be there 50 years wow it's just kind of amazing really just this tiny little building no bigger than a house mom and pop music shop mm-hmm 50 years and it put food on the table for for us you know my sister and i our whole childhood it paid all the bills you know there were some trying times so my mom had to work but essentially you know that that little music store did it all for us and it was hard for me to decide to leave it but you know when you start looking towards the future you need more what's it called you know 
Stemple Music. They're in Greenberg or is it in? Um... It's in Jeanette where I grew up. You can visit visit his website at stemplemusic.com. Oh, wow. And he, he's still there. He's, he just built a brand new website. Oh, I'm going to take a look. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Um, but so, yeah, that it's, I, it was a tough decision to have to have to leave that behind. Did he understand? Oh, totally. Yeah, he knew. Yeah. You know. Sorry if these are my mom, too, too No, personal. these are good questions. These are great. My mom later said to me, she said, that's not when I was working there after I had left there. She goes, that's not what I wanted for you. Oh. You know. But part of it, part of it was not knowing what was going to happen. I was always shy and anxious, and I was kind of afraid to leave my comfort zone. And that place represented my comfort zone. Yeah. So when I made the decision to leave there, it was for an important one, like meeting my future wife and wanting to have a family. I had to do something more. So when I started into the industry I'm in now, I was in my 30s. Oh, wow. So kind of far behind everyone else at the time. Yeah. You know, I was learning from guys that were like 25 <laughs> or 22 even at times. It was pretty wild. And you don't regret it? But I, I don't regret any of it. I don't think regret does any good for us. Yeah. You know, you make the best decisions you can at the time, knowing what you know then. And of course, you can look back with hindsight and go, oh, I should have done this or should have done that. Pretty sure we've talked about this on the show already, but do you know that I talked about it and I never can figure it out? What the Asian culture is that doesn't have that thought process for like, what if this and what if that? Mm. They don't have it. Okay. I've always been envious of that because who gives a shit? Like I can't, you can't go back and change the past. Right. Do you ever go back and help so, if like it's a busy season or whatever, like holiday or, you know, I've thought about it, but I, he's never really needed help. Yeah. You know? Because the business had slowed down by the time I left to the point where it was really already kind of like a a one-man operation. Mm -hmm. But I still visit there all the time. My workbench is still there pretty Aww. much the same way I set it up. Yeah, <laughs> he uses it, but, you know, the, the place hasn't changed a whole lot since the, uh, I think, the 90s we did a big renovation. Oh, that's cool. But it's still essentially the same. It's like a time capsule. Do you ever play music with him still? So, no, I, I really don't. Kind of miss it, you know? Mm -hmm. We were talking to Michelle a couple of weeks ago that that was one of the questions I had in my mind. Like, what's it like to kind of give give that up? Yeah. Giving music up is, is, was interesting for me because I was born and bred into it. I was raised on it. It was my life. But... Part of my recovery process in the last five to 10 years is kind of letting it go a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's still a part of me, but it's not who I am. Yeah. You're not, you don't ever so want to jump on really the stage. Maybe this was a really long-winded answer. 
You don't ever want to jump I, on the stage with them when they're playing in like October. Well, I did. It's just this past. I just did oh, this past right. October. Yeah, and that was the first time I had done it in years. Mm-hmm. How did it feel? It felt really, really good. And you know, I was stone cold sober when I did it. Mm-hmm. I had, I had really worked last year at my recovery, and it was completely counterintuitive to me that not drinking would actually give me the um what's the word confidence the disin disinhibition ah uh, there yeah, we go confidence yeah. i guess yeah to get up there and actually do it whereas all that time i was drinking i never wanted to mhm mhm we're um bringing the kids there mhm oh yeah um the kids were up on stage. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, they were singing. I maybe I didn't. I have pictures of it. I think I have to get them. I have to show you one. We'll put it in the show notes. Adorable. Yep, I was just in the back, kind of strumming away on the guitar. Are the kids little, uh, good little performers? Yeah, they like to be on stage. It's very novel. <laughs> you know, and we let them decide yes. if they want to go or not. Yeah. It's in their, it's I in their blood. I was never given that choice. Yeah. They made me do it. And I've been <laughs> dealing with that for a long time. I'm over it now. But. Yeah. Now, now you choose to do it when you want to. Yeah. And I had to break free first. I swear, mm-hmm. you know, I had to, I'm not doing this. You can't fucking make me do it. Right. So that was a really long-winded answer to your question. No, it was a great Sorry. answer. It's like fascinating. It's fascinating to me. Your, and I know sometimes it's hard for you to talk about because it is part of your recovery process. But it's fascinating to me your musical background and how you did let it go when it was so much a part of you. Um, yeah. you know, I I'm just fascinated by it. It was a big thing, and. It, Believe me, sometimes when I look back at my, you know, lifetime story arc or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm kind of baffled by how I got to where I am from where I came from. Like I've kind of done a couple different things. Like I just wonder if that story arc will bring you back to music eventually. That's a good question. I wonder if I'll come mm-hmm. full circle. Mm-hmm. By your choice, you I, know? Well, and I, th- I honestly think that part of it is, um, coming back to, you know, writing and working on those types of creative things are a way that I have kind of come back around mm-hmm. to my creative side. Yeah. And you're painting and drawing. I mean, you, right. It's not, it doesn't look exactly like mm-hmm. music, but it's still a creative outlet. Mm hmm. I mean, you have all these creative outlets and it's kind of, um, you know, spread across the board. And music's kind of there on the fringe. It kind of is right now. Mm -hmm. And I wonder sometimes if it'll come back or, Mm -hmm. you know, musicians don't have as many outlets. It's not that it's not that easy. I mean, you can join community groups and Mm -hmm. orchestras and bands and stuff but um one of my problems for a long time was i'm not gonna you're 
not going to get the quality there, the musicianship that you did in a professional organization. The army band was what it was. Mm -hmm. We weren't the best musicians, but we were, we were better than community groups. Like most of our musicians had college degrees and some had performance degrees and it was a thing. So when I got out of that, you know, community bands and stuff really struggled to, to meet that need. It kind of turned me off. Yeah. When you like light a fire in the summer in the, you know, fire pit or whatever, do you ever pull out your guitar and just kind of strum a little bit, some songs or no. not really? No, I don't. And I th think I really, I reserve the guitar kind of just for me, mm -hmm. you know, nobody really gets to hear me play anymore. Mm -hmm. so when I got it out to play some, some bump stuff for the show. That was very personal. Mm -hmm. Some of this, the little ditties that I play come from music that I played with my grandfather 30 years ago. Oh, wow. Some of those things are still there. It's amazing. Pretty neat. Yeah. So it's just like when you're feeling it, when something just bubbles up in you, you just kind of go alone in a room and just tickle, tickle the strings yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And I had, my dad bought that guitar in the early 1980s. Um, and that's the one that I still have and I still play. Wow. Cool. I have videos of him playing it actually. <laughs> but you don't pull out the euphonium. Euphon euphonium. Is that right? I do not. Yeah, you're right. It's euphonium. I don't pull that out. <laughs> do you have it still? Uh, no. Well, no, they cost several thousand dollars. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, I don't know what where it ended up. I think my dad has it or he sold it or he's letting somebody use it or something. Do you have a trumpet? No, I don't have any of that stuff. How many instruments? My daughter can... has a flute. She's playing flute. How many instruments can you play? Uh, Four or five, I think. Really? What? Yeah. Now I'm grilling you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so much for this interview thing. Um, trumpet, trombone, euphonium guitar, triangle. <laughs> triangle. I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember anymore. Those are the ones I'm decent at. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. I love yeah, it. Yeah, just, you just you took me on a little bit of a journey with that question because when I – really think about, you know, how I ended up here. <laughs> you know, it's kind of been an interesting chain of events. Yes. And here we are now doing a podcast. And here together. we are. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love every minute of this. Yeah. And your it's your creative journey kind of brought you here in a way. That's what I mean. Mm -hmm. And I'm not fighting it. I'm mm -hmm. just, just kind of letting it happen. And here we are on the, but I think the unfocusedwriter.com. The unfocusedwriter.com. <laughs> I was listening to something just recently where I, I heard it like an old ad or something where everyone used to say www.whatever.com. It's so hard to say www. Like, I know, but every, like mm -hmm. you had to say it mm -hmm. back then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> www. Kinda... Dot, 
theunfocusedwriter.com. It's like <laughs> HTTPS colon backslash back <laughs> slash www.unfocusedwriter.com. Like, Jesus Christ. I think we took the www out because it was such a tongue twister. <laughs> I would hope so because every website has to start that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just <laughs> just popped in my head because I heard it. I was like, I can't believe we used to say that. Yes. Yes. It was so annoying. I could never get, I could never do it. <laughs> I always screwed it yeah. up. <laughs> tongue twister. I was never good at tongue twisters either. Oh my Lord. I just talked about Lindsay Ray Brown yesterday, but she did a podcast. And I don't think she's doing it anymore. But she used to do vocal warm-up exercises by reading tongue twisters. Really? It was the best part of the show. It was fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. I love it. We need to have yeah. her on. Oh, we should have her on. Lindsay, will you come on the show? I think you listened to ours. So I sound like a robot. <laughs> What's wrong with my speech right now? I know she, she listened to, like, the first episode. Maybe, maybe she quit. Maybe she quit. Lindsay, if you're listening, please come on our show. Contact Chris. He's our booking agent. <laughs> That's right. I'm in charge of the schedule. Yes. We would love to All have right. her on. So where are we? Where are we? I think um, I think we're at the end of the show, Chris. So it's time to say... Oh, our... is this the end? Okay. It's the end. It's the end. It's... This is the end. This is the end. That was beautiful. So it's time to say our goodbyes. Goodbye. What are you wielding around towards the screen? That's terrifying. This is my... (laughs) This is my Apple Pencil. I'm going to wield something, too. Here's a remote control. This is the end. Plus, this is the end. This is the end. All right. Bye. So let's say our goodbyes. Oh, look at that. There's a time warning. All right, good. Goodbye. I said good day. Good day. Good day, Christy. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Unfocused Writer. For show notes and extras, visit theunfocusedwriter.com. Production and post-production provided by The Tranquil Tavern. Until next time, stay focused.